0: Luke chapter number 4, we're in this chapter this morning, and I'm going to come back to uh, one of the uh, passages, if you will, one of the uh, different stories in this chapter that we looked at the chapter as a a broad view uh, this morning. I'm going to come down to this evening, and uh, I'm going to read one verse of Scripture to begin with as our text and then I'll refer to a couple of other verses, uh, but I do want, there's a truth, there's a there's a thought that I want us to get this evening, a challenge uh, that I want us to get a hold of as we uh, finish a year, get ready to go into another year, and with the opportunities that God has given us. I'll read verse 24 in Luke chapter number 4. And he said, this is Jesus speaking, verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. We know the context. Jesus is in the temple. He's read the scripture. Uh, there's going to be some dispute. He's going to upset some people simply by stating who he is. And he makes this statement. Now, and, and I want to focus on this statement tonight. There's the broadest, the broader view of the fulfillment of scripture. That's certainly a a message, but a message for another time. I want us to focus on this verse of Scripture. And he said, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. There's a truth in there. There is a question in there I want to ask from this verse of Scripture. And that is this. And I believe this is to, in effect, what Jesus is saying. Will you not take advantage of the opportunity before you. Jesus was in their midst. They had an opportunity to accept him as who he was. They would refuse to do so. Jesus says, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. And I want to ask that question to you and I tonight. Are are we going to let opportunities pass us by? Uh, Let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Father, I pray that you'll Take this simple truth that you've impressed upon my heart. The, uh, may the scripture be real to us. May it speak to our hearts this evening. May we determine not to let another opportunity pass us by. Not to let an op- another opportunity uh, to hear from you pass us by. Not to let an opportunity to do something for you pass us by. Not let another opportunity of, of what you're doing in our midst just, just, just pass us by. Father, I pray that you'll bless the message this evening. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. To put it in proper context, verse 24, you've got to go back to verse number 19. We know back in verse 16, Jesus goes into the temple as was his custom. This is where he attended church. Then he, in verse 17, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty to them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He begins to read from the book of Isaiah. And we know that prophecy is the prophecy of our Lord Jesus Christ. He reads, and to me, as I mentioned this morning, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around Jesus reading the prophecy about him that he is now fulfilling. And in verse number 20, and he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. I don't guess there was anything else that needed to be said, really. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And he, he bear, and all bare him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, Ye will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Now, you know me. This is not my first time here. I've made this declaration that now this prophecy has been fulfilled, and your reaction is going to be, Prove it. Go ahead. Do a miracle for us. Prove that you are the fulfillment. Then we come to our text, verse 24, and he says, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. Jesus had nothing to prove to them. He was the Son of God. He was the fulfillment of this prophecy. But yet, he says, a prophet is accepted in his his own country. What was the Lord saying? Here I am in your midst, the one who you've been longing for, the one who you hold to this prophecy. Here I am, and you want me to prove to you that I'm the Son of God? What they were going to do in their mistake is they're taking for granted the opportunity they had right in front of them. You see, we've got to be reminded that when it comes to our salvation, it's all about faith. You got saved by faith or you're not saved. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't do enough good to get to heaven. You, you, you can do everything you can to put enough good on, on the scale on the inside of the scale of good, and it'll never be enough to balance out the bad. That's just the reality. If you're saved tonight, and I trust that you are, it's because of faith. You believe the gospel. You weren't witness to the crucifixion. You weren't witness to the resurrection, but by faith, you believe it. And you believe it's enough for your salvation. In our life, do we not remember and do we not bring to remembrance tonight the scripture tells us the importance of faith? If it is not of faith, it is sin. How do we please God? By faith. Christian, tonight, if God is placing some things in your life and has placed things in your life, as I'm sure he has all of us, to where the only avenue we have to move forward is just by faith. God has done us a great thing. He has put us in a position to show him that we believe in him. He has put us in a position to please him. But many Christians, I'm afraid let the opportunity pass right in front of them. As I have spent much time reflecting in recent days of the treasure that we have in the Emmanuel Baptist Church. There is, there's good churches. There's great churches. There's no church like the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I wonder how many take it for granted. We sit weekend week out, I cannot recall, I cannot recall a Sunday where I have not left and said, Lord, you did it again. You met with us again. You worked in hearts again. Souls were saved again. What an honor, what a privilege we have. But I wonder how many times we take it for granted. I sat and I listened to the music again this evening. Well, how God has blessed us. I wonder as I heard the music singing, I heard the offertory playing, and I wonder, we've heard so many good offertories. I wonder how many times we've let one be played and we don't even take advantage of the opportunity that we have to hear what is being played. The point I'm making is, is do we let opportunities pass us by? Do we let opportunities right in front of us, we have opportunities to live by faith, to move forward by faith, to do something by faith. Hey, let me just, let me just put this out there. Hey, as a, as a young couple, you, you, you're, 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 you're having your children, you're rearing your children. You have an opportunity to rear them so that they might serve God with their life. It's going to take some faith. Say, well, all I've ever known is the Emanuel Baptist Church. I've grown up in the Emanuel Baptist Church. I met my husband or wife at the Emanuel Baptist Church. Now we're, we're having our children at the Emanuel Baptist Church. Don't take it for granted. There's nothing like this out there. But I wonder how many times we take it for granted. Our teenagers, the greatest fear I have for our teenagers is for them to take for granted what the opportunities they have. The greatest fear I have for our young adults who I commend for serving the Lord, I commend for being in church, but the greatest fear I have is not for them to just scatter to this world, but for them to not realize the opportunities that's in front of them that'll take some faith. As Jesus said to that crowd that day, no prophet is accepted in his own country. I want to take this text and this thought and the fact that God has opportunities right in front of us. Can you imagine? That's the missed opportunity, the missed opportunity right there. To have the Son of God in your midst. And you, read, you continue reading, they get angry, they run him out. Because they refuse to accept by faith the opportunity that was in front of them. There are some in this building tonight, you have in front of you the opportunity for you to enter into a, a, a new level in your prayer life, but yet you'll pa- let it pass by. Some have an opportunity to, do, to, to use their life to, to, to the honor and glory of God in helping others and reaching people with the gospel, but we'll let it pass by. They took for granted what they knew to be true. Now let me, let me use the outline tonight to bring this truth home to us. Let's look number one. First of all, let me say they, what I've already alluded to in the introduction, there was an opportunity to accept some things by faith. In verse 19 through 22, we see that as he read the scripture... And in verse 20 he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened to him, and he began to say to him, "This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears, check that one off. You are witness to the fulfillment of this prophecy. There was an opportunity to accept by faith. Notice what verse 22 says, "And all bear him witness." And wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. Listen to what the scripture is saying. They are are an eyewitness to this. What they had just seen, what they had just heard, caused wonder, amazement. It was hard for them to wrap their mind around it. What did they wonder at? The gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. That word gracious there is not talking about kindness, is not talking uh, normally how we'd use that gracious. There was was the Spirit of God on those words. These were matter-of-fact words. What they heard, there was something different that they had not heard before. Not just the declaration of I am the fulfillment, but how the declaration was said. Can you imagine... As I preached this morning, the living word, speaking the written word. Can you imagine the Son of God speaking the words of God? The Spirit of God had to be evident. The presence of God had to be powerful. Powerful. Boy, we've been privileged. We're privileged to be in services. And sometimes, and the Spirit of God is here, but there's sometimes we're in the presence of God as we meet together and we truly leave and say, God did something special in that service. But could you imagine the Son of God, deity, the the one who was sent from heaven, who had no sin, no perfection, the one who would go to the cross of Calvary and pay sin debt for all mankind, the spotless lamb stood and held the word of God and spoke the word of God. I imagine the presence of God was mighty. And as they wondered at the gracious words, wow, what did we just hear? Something just happened. But notice what that verse continues to say. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? What they heard conflicted with what they believed to be true. Jesus was not Joseph's son. God the Father was uh, J- was Joseph's father or J- uh, Jesus's father. Joseph was not his father. But they had seen them as a family. They knew Joseph, they knew Mary. This was not the first time they had seen Jesus. It's not the first time Jesus had been in that Church, it's not the first time this he had been there with them. They heard the words and said, "There's something about what we just heard. There's something about what we're seeing, but it did not match with what they perceived to be true." I and then they had an opportunity to believe by faith. I believe with my whole heart when the Son of God was there to reveal who He was, and He read the Word of God and said. Today is fulfilled in your ears. There was no doubt in their mind that this is the Son of God. But they had an opportunity to believe it by faith. But what they perceived to be true, that's where they put their faith in. I wonder how many Christians have let opportunities, don't miss this, have let opportunities go by because God allows an opportunity for us to believe by faith. We can't get over that which we perceive to be true. Your obstacle isn't too big for God. Oh, there goes Pastor again. We're going to reach Jacksonville with the gospel. Nope, that's never what you perceive to be true. I I choose to put faith in what I believe God can do. Well, is it really going to matter if I praise it really it's just it's all written it's all done it's, it's 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 all over with and god gives us opportunities by faith to move forward to believe we have an opportunity this is one of the hardest things don't miss this for us to set aside our preconceived beliefs when they conflict with this book that's why I believe in being wise, as an example, with the church finances. I believe with, you have to obey the law when it comes to church finances. I believe that, that we ought to do things right. But a business plan conflicts with God's plan. And we have to move forward as God would dictate us to move forward. In your own life, there's some things that you have preconceived. Well, this is the way I've always thought. If the Bible goes against what you've always thought or what grandma always said, uh, you have an opportunity to either believe what God says or what you perceive to be true. I believe this happens in the life of a Christian more often than we realize We see and we hear and we say, oh, that's different than what I. But then we ask the question something like this Is not this Joseph's son? This can't be. Because what I've always thought, what I've always perceived, I don't listen and don't think about what man's man's philosophy. Hear what the Word of God says. Number two, we find some examples of faith. Look at verse 24 again and we'll read down to verse 27. And he said, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months. A great famine was throughout all of the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and none of them were cleansed, saving Naaman. Assyrian. Syrian, we look at these examples of faith and they had an opportunity to believe what Jesus was saying to them. And they couldn't get over what they perceived to be true. Jesus then says, our text verse, fairly I send you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. You have an opportunity to believe something to be true and yet you will not believe it. He says, but I tell you of a truth. It gives them two examples of faith. The first example is the widow that, as he speaks of, was during the time, the three years and six months that God held back the rain. And Elijah, God sent Elijah to this widow, and this widow helped feed Elijah. And because of that, she never ran out of food. When other widows did, she didn't. He points out, of all the widows, I sent the man of God to one. All the widows could have been fed. But there was something about one that had faith. Just to take her last meal and believe that this would be the will of God for me to give it to the man of God. And she never did without because of her faith. You take Naaman, as is given the example in verse 26. Please, please don't miss this tonight. He was sent to Elisha. You know the story. Naaman had to humble himself. That great warrior, that Syrian, he was cleansed of his leprosy. During that time, the ministry of Elisha, Naaman was not the only leper. But Jesus uses him as an example as the one that was healed because of the faith that he had. We have two examples, a widow who was spared because of faith. We have a, 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 a Syrian, Naaman, a leper, who was cleansed because of faith. And Jesus highlights them as being spared. He uses them as examples But there's also the other side of that coin, all of those who did not get fed, all of those who did not get healed. And what I believe our Lord, one of the things our Lord is saying here is anybody who wants to come can come. Anybody who wants to live by faith can operate by faith. Anybody who wants a miracle can have a miracle, but you've got to believe. You've got to follow by faith. And he gives these examples, and many fail to see the opportunity that is front of, in front of them because they lack faith. Praise God for the examples of faith. I praise God for the examples of faith that are in this book. I praise God for the examples of faith that I have witnessed in my own life. But I wonder, Christian, how many times we have done without because we just didn't believe. We have done without because we let an opportunity to put our faith in God pass us by. You think of Naaman, you know that story. At first, he was very resistant to what God's man said he had to do. What did he have to do? He just had to put his faith in it. So we have the examples of faith. Those, and I wonder who in this new year will have an opportunity for God to do a miracle in their life if they'll just have the faith that is necessary. Number three, we find in verse 28 and 29, they refused to believe. And all they in the synagogue when they heard these things were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him unto the brow of the hill whereon their city was built. They might cast him down headlong. Uh, I'm sure I've had people get upset at something I've preached. But so far, so far, I haven't been run out and taken in an attempt to be killed. At least one that I know of. They got so angry at him. How angry do you have to be for the scripture to say they were filled with wrath? And he rose up and rose up and thrust him out of the city. They didn't just run him out of the church, they ran him out of town. and led him unto the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. They were going to kill him. How can somebody sitting in the temple where the word of God is going to be read in a very short time get to a place where they run the Son of God, not just out of church, out of town, and they have intent to kill him how does this take place here's another great truth that I want us to get tonight our refusal to live by faith is a bigger deal than we make it it's a big deal see there's there's maybe there's some in the service tonight you know there's a direction God ought to have you go in you just don't have the faith to do it and you think that's okay it's not okay when we refuse to live by faith, it puts us at odds with our God. Immediately, upon having an opportunity to believe and hearing those gracious words, I believe the Spirit of God, I believe the presence of God was so real. At that point, in front of them, they were in wonder, this is not what we had preconceived. It's being revealed to us who he is. They had an opportunity by faith to believe, and they refused it. And then they were filled with wrath. If you think of this from a logical perspective, if faith pleases God, a refusal to live by faith displeases God. And for a child of God to say, I refuse to believe in my God, Where do you have to be in your own life to look at God and say you're not enough? Hey, single adult, you think you got to go get your own husband and wife out there because God can't bring you one? We don't think of it in disrespect, but how insulting is that to say, God, you created me, you gave me a plan and a purpose, you're not even capable of bringing a spouse to me. Let me just roll this one out there for some of our young men. Instead of complaining because there's nobody to date, be dateable. Faith pleases God. If we refuse to live by faith, it is a it is we we are displeasing him. It puts us in an adversarial position uh, with our God. He refu- that anger came. That's why part of my responsibility as your pastor. As your as your shepherd, to 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 kind of uh, to, to want to use the word of God to kind of not just to kind of to, to guide us and to direct us and say, This is what I believe God will want for our lives and to give counsel. The, the place I counsel week in and week out is right from behind this pulpit with the word of God. But there's time to say, hey, this is what I believe God would, the direction that you ought to go, based on the word of God. When we refuse to take that step by faith, we are pushing back on God and pushing pushing back and saying, I don't think God's big enough. Or I don't want to submit to God in order to live by faith. It's a big deal. Say, Pastor, why are you making a big deal? Sometimes, Mom and Dad, let me help you tonight. Sometimes, when it comes with advice that I give your child, even when they become an adult, and you say, Pastor, why are you pushing so hard on that? Because I see a progression. Are you saying that my child is going to be filled with wrath? I've seen it before. Because the Spirit of God says, live by faith. The Spirit of God says, obey. The Spirit of God says, move forward. And we in our flesh and our pride say, no. Eventually, a conflict is coming. Let me help us all tonight. Everybody okay? When something's preached from behind this pulpit, for example, parents, this is what the Bible says you ought to do in rearing your children. This is where you ought to have your children every Sunday. This is what you ought to do. And this is what the Bible says. There's some things that you need to keep them away from. There's some principles you need to establish. When that is preached, it may not make logical sense because it may not have been featured on Oprah or Dr. Phil. It may not have been, it, it, it may not have been a topic in the, in the child ring Facebook group. It may not have been in, that, in what grandma said. It may not have been on what some book said. You, by faith, better trust that book. Because if you don't, you're now in conflict with it. You think the Holy, you can tell the Holy Spirit, no, and he's just going to say, okay, I'm moving on. No, he's going to come right back and say, oh, that's probably not what you ought to do. One or two things are going to happen when we're on the other side of God. We're on the other side of faith. We're either going to give in to the Holy Spirit, or we're going to push back so hard to leave us alone. This is what happened here. We're not going to believe, you know, what Jesus said. Oh, well, you're not like the widow. You're not like Naaman. Oh, and that, that, that got them upset. Because they refused to believe they got on the other side of God. It, we have an opportunity to live by faith. I believe, I believe this too. Since, since we're just putting it all out there tonight, I believe this too. When a church, when God brings a church to a point, there's a direction that He wants that church to go. There's things He wants that church to accomplish. There's ministries that He wants that church to start. There's people that He wants that church to reach. We get to a point, it had been wonderful to get to a place where we have a paved parking lot. This move was easy. All I had to say to y'all was paved parking. Let's vote, Pastor. Take up an offering right now. It's been nice to have more room. It's been nice that when it rains, we don't have to worry about how, how, how high is the water going to be. I have to wait in. But, friend, this is not the end. There's more that God wants us to do where it's going to take more faith. Well, Pastor, we've already had to have faith to get here. It's going to take more faith. And I believe this with my whole heart. When a church refuses... And we have not glory to God. But when a church refuses to say, we're not going to take that step, we're now adversarial position with the God who we say we serve. These are so important truths. Number four, and finally, we see the missed opportunities. Verse 30. But he, passing through the midst of them, went his way came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And They were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What we have to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth, art thou come to destroy us? I know who thou art, the Holy One of God. We you look at this passage of Scripture, look at verse 31 again. Came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. Don't miss that. A lot of times, when we refuse to live by faith, God doesn't cast us in the outer darkness. Aren't you thankful for that? I cannot stand here and tell you that I have always made the right decisions. When God puts something in my life to step forward by faith. I wish I could. I don't think I can. I want to move forward by faith every time I have an opportunity. God, in his loving, his long-suffering, his loving kindness, he does not discard us. And just just a moment ago, I I, I was very pointed in some of my things with our young people in in, in accepting by faith what God would have you to do and move forward by faith. But I'm thankful that in all of our lives, God doesn't discard us. I don't think any of us could say that every time they should have accepted something by faith and moved forward by faith, we did it, we're perfect in that. So I want us to understand that God is better to us than we deserve. We know that by salvation. But but look around. I think think this is the greatest church on the planet. There's not five churches I would trade for the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I'm content. I'm happy. I'm pleased to be here. It's a joy for me to pastor the Emmanuel Baptist Church. But let's be honest. We're not perfect people. We're blessed people. There's there's mistakes in this room. There's failures in this room. But God will continue to visit us day after day and time after time. And it's tied to faith. Don't miss this. I don't read in this passage what happened to all of these that, that ran Jesus out of town. Now, we know that any that rejected Jesus as their payment of salvation parishes. but this is what I do see and this is what I want you to get tonight verse 31 and came down to Capernaum a city of Galilee and taught them on the Sabbath days Jesus as verse 16 tells us came to Nazareth where was Jesus from Nazareth Jesus is back in his hometown Jesus walks into the temple in his hometown. Jesus is in church with the people he's been in church with before. Is not this the son of Joseph? These people knew him. He knew them. The first place he went, he says, let me read the book of Isaiah. And he revealed to them, I am the prophesied one. This prophecy is now Fulfilled. They had an opportunity to accept them for who he was. They had an opportunity by faith to believe that he was, that he is, who he said he is. They did not. We know that. Look what they missed out on. He left his hometown. The people that he went to first said, nope, we're not going to accept this by faith. We're not going to believe. This is not what we want to hear. So Jesus left, went down to Capernaum. And verse 32 tells us, or verse 31, and taught them on the Sabbath days. Don't miss this, and I'm done. He could have taught in Nazareth on the Sabbath days. But they refused. To accept by faith. So he went to Capernaum. And the joy and the privilege that those people had of hearing Jesus teach Sabbath day after Sabbath day. Could you imagine? I've, I've heard some good preachers in my lifetime. I've heard and had privilege to hear from all the great preachers of the last generation. Oh, I've been privileged and I've been in some services where you could literally feel the spirit of God. And you knew who you were listening to was filled with the power of God. And you knew in that service at that moment God was doing something miraculous. And oh, and you left and you had a burning inside of you. That said, oh, I've got to do more for God. Oh, and you left that service full of the Spirit of God, and so 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 moved by what God had done in that service in that life. And there are some men that had the power of God on them, and you just you would do anything to hear them preach, and because you knew they were empowered by the Spirit of God. No matter you name, you name the great preacher of any generation, you name the great preachers that you've ever heard, I would guarantee you none of them would compare to the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet the people of Capernaum heard him teach. Why? Because when the opportunity came, they took it. Those in Nazareth rejected it. I wonder how many Christians are missing opportunities that they could have because they just don't recognize an opportunity that God has given them, but they have to accept it by faith. The people of Capernaum, week after week, enjoyed the teaching. I don't mind benefiting from somebody else's opportunity. But as we sit here today, my God is big enough. My God is big enough. He wants to bless us all. He wants to work in the life of every one of his children. And there are times that we have to move forward by faith. We have to accept some things by faith. My question tonight is, are we going to miss the opportunity that we have in front of us? I'm I'm going to be very transparent, and I, I feel like I've been very pastoral tonight. I don't want anybody else to get my blessings. I don't want anybody else to get the blessings that God would give the Emmanuel Baptist Church. I know God will bless any group of people. He's not a respecter of persons. I think you understand what I'm saying. As a church, we have opportunities to reap the benefits and blessings of God. But it takes faith. It takes believing God over our preconceived ideas and beliefs. It takes accepting and saying, God, I'm just going to trust by faith, I'm going to move forward by faith. In the new year, Christian, why don't you determine not to miss an opportunity that God brings your way? Say, Pastor, how will I know? Let me tell you how you're going to know. It's going to be something you have to accept by faith. It's going to be something that takes faith for you to do. Don't miss an opportunity. Oh, they lost their opportunity. but The people of Capernaum heard Jesus teach more than one Sabbath day I wonder what it will be like when we get to heaven I know there will be a lot of rejoicing I don't want to leave anything behind it's tied to faith let's do a faith evaluation as we end 2019 going into 2020 God wants us to please him we please him by faith Father I pray that you'll just take these.